Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde. And Chris Fuller. And today, we are talking about church membership. What is it? Is it a real thing? Is it even biblical? And what should we even think about this topic? So, Fuller, you ready to have this conversation, my dude? Let's go! Let's go! That was a perfect intro. Oh man! Oh, my green straws on the frame. Oh, that's right. That was like a perfect intro, man. We, we let's there. go and it hit the climax of it, our song. It, it, we just ver- took off to the races, man. Very rarely do we hit the perfect intro, but yeah. it was quick. Well, because we just came off of a stinking two-hour oh, episode live stream. Well, it's last week's episode, so you guys know by now. <laughs> and the best part is, is this is episode three of the four episodes we have to record oh. tonight. Yeah, we still got one more to go after this. So maybe so. we'll make this one short because we both tired. Uh, I, I, last conversation took it out of me a little bit. Just that was good. Little, it was see, a very deal, good. Con- I'm so glad this is more of a teaching episode on uh, this one. We're not gonna. Because, well, are we gonna? Are we gonna argue? <laughs> I, we might. I don't know. But we can. I can rest a little bit and then prepare for the next episode. But here's the deal, to. man. We get so many reviews and comments and emails saying. Which side note? I did discover. I didn't tell you this. I discovered that if you leave us a, a contact form email on our website. It goes to our like not like our like our whatever folder in Gmail. It legit goes into the spam junk folder. What? I just found this out. The other day. I, I was I just happened to hit the junk going to clear out the inbox, and I went, "Holy crap!" There's like a ton of messages in here. Oh, I want to go back and read them now. Yeah, so I didn't delete any of them. They're just Sweet. chilling in the junk. So we I gotta update the website a little bit to make sure you know send we get them in the inbox. Better. Yeah. So so yeah. I, I have some I have some tricks. I got some hacks I gotta do once I tap time to sit it. down. Don't worry, people. If we haven't responded it. to you, that's yeah, probably so if why. You, if if you sent us a straight up email, we we got it. If you sent us like yeah. a Google text or voice, whatever, we get those. But if you sent us a contact from our contact form, we're sorry. If we, we did not respond to you, we will do better. We are really I'll make sorry. sure I start checking those. <laughs> or your boy just got to fix it. That's well, really what it comes well, down to. Well, until you get it fixed, because you're going to be a little busy here. Time of recording. Or I'll have a lot of time in the NICU. We'll yeah, find out. So. But dude, today's a fun conversation about church membership. So I actually brought my church mug with me, but there's Look nothing in you. it because we're talking about coffee because um, I've already had... The, the, what oh. size is a 16 ounce? It was a lot of coffee. I've later. pounded two full, like to the brim full. Well, we've done two episodes today. And this so is even though three. I'm tired, I have a feeling when I get home, I'm going to be like, wee! Oh, I'm going to pass watch out. Watch a lot of movies. I'm going to pass out. So I'll probably stay up till 2 a.m. So Ooh. church, uh, I'm like, you know what? Let's bring the church cup. And I mean, I made the logo. I should have brought my Southside one. I'm like, hey, look, I got both of our churches right here. <laughs> But I yeah. left the South. I forgot I had the Southside one home until like right now. So I brought, my, right. I brought my new life mug as no coffee because we ain't drinking coffee today because it's already late. So I got my water. I got my, out of my little mug of my look at dude. Look at my green straw. Like I got my neon green. Like they almost <laughs> look the exact same on camera. Oh, no, no. Bring your neon green to my side. Is your side more neon-y than mine? No, I don't think so. Or is, it just, is your face generally that red? Yeah. But and. Most really? I'm, 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 or I'm just that pale. I'm warm now, and you are pale. I'm very <laughs> pale. Like I'm, I am, I am not translucent like my daughters. Like Nora, she is so white that it looks like she has like scales on her arms and legs when she's a little cold. Wow. You know what I'm talking about though? Like you don't just see the you. veins. I get you. You see everything. It's sure. like, dang girl, you like translucent, translucent. Fair skinned is what we like. To nah, say. she's translucent. <laughs> no, because you can't she's see through. through. You, you basically see- can't. Girl's a twig. No, you can't. I mean, she's a twig, but you can't now, see through her. Not through her attitude. That thing is fierce. Wow. She's Anyways, a to the core. 
let's read this review right, and, and, do the and, cool, cool. and jump into this uh, this week's conversation. Oh, so we're not doing a lot of banter this week. Oh, man, I don't have the energy. Man, some people are like, <laughs> so if you were hoping we would not do a lot of banter. For, today is your episode. Today is your day. De- you've been and predestined and, to be here right now. And possibly next week, too. We'll you see how it goes. You've been predestined to be here to have a low banter episode. It's funny because my, my enthusiasm dwindles as the night progresses. No, it's going to pick back up, baby. Maybe it will. We'll see how this goes. Anyways. I will read this long, long review for you. Oh, it's a long one. Oh, geez. So, because you're going to be doing a lot of reading here in a sec. So, I'll I'll give you a little, get your, get your drink, take a drink, get your swiggy going on. There you go. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Anyways, this one's from Brian Forney. This podcast saved my life. Mark and Fuller, I can't thank you both enough for the content and insight that you provide to myself and all of your listeners. I found your podcast in a time where I would consider myself at rock bottom. I had grown up in a church, but found myself far from the word of God. There was a time when my life revolved around drugs and alcohol. Specifically, I had hit the point of of ending up in the hospital. My grades were failing, and I had to leave my job as a delivery driver at the time, I stumbled upon RTC one morning when I had hit the end of my rope. I started reading my Bible again, praying conti- uh, co- consistently, sorry, and living for God. Coincidentally, or by the grace of God, I received a job offer from Apple. It was at, Yo, what's up? It was cool. at that point Yo, that the counts. storm began to disperse. Now, two years later, I have an amazing job. I'm almost finished with my degree. I don't drink or do drugs anymore and couldn't be happier with my life. Yo. With all this being said, thank you. You guys saved my life and please keep doing what you guys are do, uh, do best. Oh, I just want to say it wasn't us. It was God that saved your life. We're just in two dudes in a basement with microphones. We're just two dudes in a basement. <laughs> I'm going to make a shirt that says that. I'm going to wear it around. Two dudes in a basement. I mean, oh, there's a podcast that I, oh, dude, what's that one dude called? Like he, this is the only guy I've ever seen who have posted zero videos to YouTube, but he hit a hundred thousand subscribers in like a week. Wow. Todd something like he was a, he was a, he was a great pastor. He was a great communicator. He had a podcast. He had the same vision that we did for podcasts where sure. the fact of this is what the church, like the local church needs. Yep. And he, he actually talks about the fact that one of his episodes, the fact of he goes, I could have kept the title cause I liked the title. I liked the paycheck. I liked the offer. I liked all these things, but he goes, you know, no, no, I feel like God was calling me to do this ministry. So I went after it and did it. Yeah. It's the, 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 I don't even know. Look it up the basement with Tim Ross. Oh. So his studio nice. was just like, you went down to the basement to his studio. I don't know if you still do or not, but it's called the basement with Tim Ross because he was just in a basement. He makes the same jokes we do. Yeah. We're just like, nah, I'm just a dude in the basement. We We're talking about Jesus. We don't have that many subscribers. <laughs> or that was good at cameras. Yeah. I see you, Rodney Buse. Dude, they Man, just launched Rodney, Coffee it, Time Q&A again. Oh, I'm so excited that it's they're It's not about what the Bible says, but it's Coffee Time Q&A because their church has the same vision about like, no, 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 podcasting is the future for the local church, so yep. let's do it. So they got, dude, your guys' studio looks fresh, Rodney. So and keep they up the good got work, the man. high quality cameras and microphones and headphones. Oh, but we're not coveting. And we're they, not jealous. We're not coveting our no. neighbors' microphones or their neighbors' we are happy, microphone microphones. We are happy for you, and we're going to claim that in the name of Jesus. We're coworkers, we're baby. Get- <laughs> but, but you know this 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 review left here from uh from Brian, dude. This is just stupid awesome. Like, yeah, it's awesome. Super. I, I combined stupid and stupid. That was weird. Stuper. Stupider. Um, Stupider. Which that's actually in the dictionary. Fun fact. Uh, yeah. I just found this out like last really? week. I'm like, that's a real word. You didn't know that? No. Oh. I was that was a fake word. I was got in trouble for saying stupid or it's it's more stupid. But whatever. <laughs> but but you know, but Brian, dude, when I when I see stuff like this and it's like we've been able to walk alongside you for two years, man. Yeah. And that's that's just the biggest blessing we can do. 
Well, and that's just cool. And again, it's I not us. Say, it's, that's dope. That's just, that's it, just dope. It's just two guys that are obedient to God. That's all it so is. So I don't know how this conversation is going to help you with church membership or not, but maybe it'll, maybe it'll help some people because I do know in today's culture, it's I, I'll say this. There's a flat-out statistic out there, and now I wish I brought it in, but church membership, not attendance, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but active church membership on the church rolls Dwindling. is at the lowest point it has ever been, I think, yep. in recorded American history. Yeah, I've and and this isn't thing. just with... Like evangelical conservative Protestants is like what we're all around. We're talking. We're even talking like Catholicism. Yep. We're talking about Judaism. Yep. We're talking about Eastern Orthodox. Basically, anything in the corporate religious world where there's an institution where you can join and be a member of, mm-hmm. whether they agree or not. This was a secular uh, statistic I saw somewhere where it's like we're at like the lowest point ever. Is because more and more people are saying. Why do I need to join a church? Or it's like, I like the, the idea of I can be spiritual. I can worship God on my own. Right. I don't need a church. I don't need a body. Or they say, oh, the church hurt me, which my question is like, did the whole church hurt you? Or like one person in one little church hurt you? That's my one big question. <laughs> but with this, there it seems like church membership is becoming a thing of a past. Sure. And, uh, and us, you and I being in the church world, we've even heard of churches where they don't do membership at all. Mm. It's just the fact of, are you a part of this church? Yeah. Do you attend? Yeah. Cool. Let's rock and roll, baby. And so the, the the conversation I was hoping to have is just what is the purpose of church membership? Mm-hmm. Is it uh, is is it a let's just say like a, a a Western Christian thing? Is it the way it's always been? Have we brought this out of tradition in some way, shape, or form? Because obviously this isn't something that came out of Judaism. Because if you were a Jew, you were a Jew. That that you were a membership. You were you, you, you were in. You were born into the you membership. <laughs> and so some people will have the argument of that's how church right. membership still is today, well, or I, versus not. I take it back. Their membership didn't start till the eighth day. <laughs> Is that how it counted? Circumcised on the eighth day? Circumcision. That's what made them set apart was the circumcision. You know, there's 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 a, a, a portion of scripture in the Bible where I think it proves where the manly men are. And that's when Abraham had to circumcise all the men in the camp. Uh, and himself. With no anesthetic. And himself. And, and his son. Like, come on, man. Could you imagine? But. Moses did the same Could thing. Could you imagine? When they came out of Egypt at Mount Sinai, Moses had to do the same thing for all the men in the camp. Oh. I mean, the Heids and the Fullers ain't having any more kids, but we at least had anesthetics. Did they have the military grade pepper <laughs> to get them through the Oh, pain? the hot chili pepper. Yeah. <laughs> Red hot chili peppers, baby. It's numb now. Oh, wow. Where did anyways. this come from? So the, Wow. And we thought we weren't going to banter this episode. We apologize, guys. So, anyways. But so. Wow, back I'm to what you were saying. Crying. <laughs> that is hilarious. So back to what you were saying. Are, yeah, we are it, so loopy. We apologize for what's about to happen over the next hour, guys. We really apologize. Maybe, but maybe it'll be less than an hour. We'll see. Maybe. But basically, the idea I'm trying to get to is the fact of we have churches. Mm-hmm. Most churches say in order to do things, you have to like sign some sort of covenant agreement or come before the church and be welcome. Some sort of process by which you are deemed a member, mm-hmm. which means if you're a member, you do this, this, and this type of situation. Some don't, some do. And so the question is, is, is it biblical to have church membership? What does it look like, even if it is? If it's not, what should it be instead? And then maybe we'll have some banter conversation because I saved my opinion intentionally for myself and you have your opinion for yourself. And oh, to yes. be honest with you, I don't exactly know what your opinion is going to be. I know you don't. It's great. It's going to be wild. So if this is anything like last episode, <sighs> buckle the Bu- crap up. Buckle up. Or it might just be like, oh, that was anticlimactic. <laughs> so here we go. So 
I wanted to at least bring a quote to say, at least give us, you know, you got to have terms in place, right? Sure. Whenever you have some sort of debate or conversation, sure. you got to have the right terms in place. So let's get the definitions. What set. is the definition of church membership? There's thousands of different ones. So I just brought in one from Nine Marks, okay, mm -hmm. which is a Mark Devers ministry. Um, they write a lot of amazing, amazing, amazing content and books all around church and church eldership and leadership, stuff like that. Yep. So uh, Jonathan Lehman from Nine Marks in the article called what is church membership says more concretely what she did a whole bunch of like paragraphs. And basically he says to sum up all of what I said, church membership is a formal relationship between a local church and a Christian characterized by the church's affirmation and oversight of a Christian's discipleship and the Christian submission to living out his or her discipleship in the care of the church. Mm -hmm. So to bring it into normal people talk, how would you put that in normal people talk? Uh, I would say it is a confirmation that you're going to abide by the authority of the church and you're going to participate in the church and, and the church and we're gonna, a Christian. and we're going to serve you. Yeah. And that basically we're affirming that you are of the faith. All right. So That's what if I was going to ask you the question, where do you see church members in the Bible? Some people might say, oh, it's, it's listed here, here, here. But what's interesting, though, is you don't actually see the term like ch formal church membership anywhere in Scripture. Sure. End of episode. Okay. Well, that was it. So fun fact of the day. No, <laughs> <laughs> no don't do it. Don't do it. Don't no, do just it. Kid, just kid. So <laughs> the, actually, the answer is yes and no. Yeah. So do you see church membership in the Bible? Formally where it's like you see someone sign the dotted line, and I'm going to be part of this church, and we're going to be part of this institution, I'm sure. submit all these different things. Like the formal process of membership that we see today mm -hmm. and, the, and the way we see membership in our, our denominational background is you're saved, you're baptized, you join the church. That's how we view church church membership in accordance to the tradition that we're out of. But in the Bible, we don't see anything mentioned about church membership, but we do see some key passages that make us believe that Christians were doing something that in our terms of definition similar. seems extremely similar to membership. Mm -hmm. So when you when you look at different passages of scripture, I have a whole bunch of them. I'm going to categorize them into different basic categories. Just kind of say like this is where we see the church acting back then as we do now. All right. So the first and foremost, the first thing we got to see is that the Lord added to their numbers daily, which means they were actually counting. So, or yeah, <laughs> or something of, Hey, the group's getting bigger. I mean, maybe not an official, like, well, one, two, three. No, 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 no. So, so acts two forty one says those who received the words were baptized. And then they were added to that day, 3000 souls. Mm -hmm. And then Acts 4, 4, but many of the, and that was after Pentecost, by the mm -hmm. way. And then right. Acts 4, 2, 42 says, and then they had all things in common. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Acts 4, 4 says, many of those who heard the word believe, and the number of men came to about 5,000. Right. But so, so at some point, people me, are becoming part of this thing, and they're slapping a number on it. So just like you like to debate temple or not temple of uh, meat, meat to idols, I'm going to I'm gonna throw this one about the counting, right, where I say it's more of a group. They only counted the men. Not in Acts 2.41. The but souls. Souls, but what? Yeah, but Jesus is feeding the 5,000. He just said they five, fed 5,000. It didn't say men. But, right. But we know from the context and the culture that they were only counting the men. Right, except for the simple fact that in 2.41 it says souls and 4.4 it says men. But what does the Greek say? I don't know. But either <laughs> way, say but, but we do see that the Lord were adding to their numbers sure. daily. So at some point, people were joining the church in numbers. So sure. at, and I don't want to say, oh, numbers are everything. That's not, please don't 
turn off the episode just because you see, oh, Mark just cares about the church numbers and mega church and the that Mark thousand people. That Mark, my, that, that dude, Mark, that meat eating. <laughs> <laughs> Me offered to idle my Mark. Bad. My bad. So, Sorry. so, but with Last that, we see the fact of in in the fact of the fact that the Lord added to their numbers daily. Yeah, so sure, they were getting right. people were getting saved. They were becoming yep. part of some. The some group, group was getting bigger. The group was getting bigger, and and it was a group. Right. So the next thing is effective when Paul's writing, he would write to very specific groups of people. The church in Philippi, he would write the letter to the church in Corinth. Ephesus. Now, the church in Ephesus, the right. church in Colossae. Right. Um, what would be some of the other ones? Uh, the church That's in Ephesus. But then we also see the Apostle Paul writing to individual elders of those churches with Titus and Timothy. Mm-hmm. So we see that there is a very specific group of people in very specific areas that are adding to their numbers daily. And the apostle, specifically Apostle Paul, recognizes that. Right. The fact that this is what is happening. And then in the Bible, when we talk about what membership is and that definition that we saw, it's the fact of the church's discipleship and the Christian submission to those elders into those discipleships. And in New Testament times, we see the Bible talking about submitting to the elders right. of the church. And 1 Thessalonians 5, 13, uh, 12 through 13, again, this is not sponsored by the CSB, but we love it so much. <laughs> it says, now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to give recognition to those who labor among you and lead you in the Lord and admonish you and to regard them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. Okay. Okay. 1 Timothy 5.17, the elders who are good leaders are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at the preaching and teaching. Mm. Hebrews 13.17, obey your leaders and submit to them, since they keep watch over your souls as those who will give account, so that they can do this with joy and not with grief. That would be unprofitable to you. So he's basically saying, like, there are elders, hold them, at, hold them in high esteem, give them double honor, give them the respect that it's due, and... Submit unto the uh, submit under them. Now, mm-hmm. granted, yes, we can say an elder needs to be worthy of being submitted to, but we can't deny the fact that Christians were called to submit, honor, and submit. And because the 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 elders' job was to care for the souls of the yep. church, right? So when we look at the definition of it, we see the fact of there's elders. People need to submit to eldership. There's an organized body in different cities, and the Lord was adding to their numbers. Okay, and so that's kind of the same idea we see with today's church: the fact of there's lo- local institutions, buildings, groups of people, churches that have pastors and elders that we're called to be part of and submit, and hopefully the Lord's adding to our numbers daily. That'd be really, really dope. Mm -hmm. My throat is so dry from the last conversation. So here's a question coming out of this then, okay? So the question is, okay, Mark, okay, Fuller, so I see that we're supposed to submit and we're supposed to be part of this body, but is there an actual like dotted line membership back then? Mm-hmm. Or was there just an assumption that if you were a Christian, you were just already part of it? Mm. Kind of like the fact of if you're born in the if you're born in America, you ain't gotta take a citizen's test. You is right. what you is, and that's American. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's just a fact. Sure. So is it just a fact that if you're a Christian, you're part of God's family, so therefore you're part of you're part of God's family. That's what the church is, right? Just the it's a family living, of God. The fa- thank you. I was looking for the I'm like, I'm just fluffing until I get this right word. So family of God. But the question is, is, is that truth? And my answer to that is it, you know, the church itself back in that culture is very different than the church culture we have today. Mm-hmm. Cause back then it was a very local organic. What on earth is happening? Movement following this sure. supposedly dead Jewish rabbi who supposedly rose again from the dead. And now it's 
exploding all over the world, mm-hmm. you know? And in today's culture, it's the fact of, at least here in America, we have the freedom to worship how we please. We have the we have the freedom to go to a church whenever we want. We have the freedom to build church buildings wherever we want. I mean, heck, we even have the freedom as churches to be considered not-for-profit and not pay property tax, mm-hmm. separate church, church and state, which goes all the way back to the days of Constantine, which I thought was wild when I— you know, read that fact a little bit ago. So the separation of church and state when it comes to even finances, because the church is a this. So it, we're living in a different culture. and We're living in a different, I would say, um, just framework by which to judge the two different things. So to go back to the original conversation of, of is church membership biblical? Again, we see the Lord adding to their number. There's people getting saved. They're becoming part of bodies. They're loving one another. They were serving one another. Mm-hmm. They were invite. They were, you know, evangelizing, obviously spreading their faith accountable to and one another. They were accountable to one another. Cause that you see that all over the dang new Testament, yep. like legit, like confess your sins to one another. If you see a brother fall, lift him up. If you see a brother fall, go to him. Like even Jesus said that, mm-hmm. you know, and we see the fact of they're submitting to a leadership, a hierarchical position and role. Mm-hmm. So if we continue on, you know, another question we might be asking is, is, how do we see the early church acting the same as what we do here in the modern church? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we always say, okay, fine. Maybe they submitted, but again, they could just jump in and join. And then say, yeah, yeah, they're just, they're, they're, they're spiritual elders. They're, they're, they're elders, not elders. Elders. They have, they have like the preaching and teaching capability. So obviously we have to learn from them because it was again, an illiterate culture. This mm-hmm. is, you didn't have money to have, I mean, we have more Bibles than many early churches back in the day. In fact, uh, we have more because they didn't even have Bible. They had letters from the apostles. You know what I'm saying? So if we continue on with this conversation of how do we see the early church acting in the same way as the modern church? And so from an article on the international missions board website called, yes, the Bible does teach church membership part one. And then there's also a part two. Um, I will say the, this is where all this stuff comes in. The header sections are, I'm just making sure I give credit to him credit to the header sections are mine, but the thought process and the flow and the verses, and there's quotes that come directly from them. So all the links will be in the show notes. Feel free to read them. Feel free to go through all the things, but here are ways that we see the early church acting the same as the modern church. All right. Mm -hmm. In second Corinthians two, we see that the church decided by majority vote, which I thought this was wild. I actually didn't know this. So we see the early church voting by majority vote. This is a quote directly from them. In 2 Corinthians 2, Paul returned to the situation he faced in 1 Corinthians 5, in which he told the church to remove the unrepented man from among them and told the church to bring the back, uh, bring the man back into the number of disciples. The man repented and therefore should be restored. But look at verse 6 in chapter 2 again. Paul said that the church took the action of disaffirming the man's profession of faith by majority. How do they determine a majority? They counted. Apparently, the church voted, whether by voice or hands or ballot, and that vote was the church's way of speaking and acting, of exercising the authority of the keys that has been granted to them by King Jesus, mm. which is funny because that's a direct reference to the keys of Peter versus Jesus. I, I, I sure. like how he's yep. just kind of tossed that one in there. But they're saying the fact that they removed the man by membership, by majority. Like Somehow they all said, yes, we all agree this crap is wrong. Yep. And so we see the church coming together to make decisions for the body. Mm-hmm. We also see that membership is about relationship. Mm-hmm. But still, this is again, quote from the article, but still the question remains, does the Bible ever explicitly talk about church membership? And the author would say, yes, it does. It even uses the word. In 1 Corinthians 12, 
Paul addresses a particular local church in the city of Corinth, explaining to them that instead of being divided and jealous of each other, they should be united. In the course of that argument, he says in 1227, now you are the bodies of Christ and individual members of it. Mm. Now, I mean, again, we need we use the term membership differently in American culture because we think of country club membership, right? Or like you're a member to an organization. Like, like, I, like I'm a member of the Better Business Bureau, which means right. I pay du- dues and they give me services. I'm a union member. I pay dues and... I get union service. Right. Union and so that's how we view it. But in this regard, it's the fact that you're like, like my body has different members to it. Parts. Parts. Different parts. Yep. But they don't pay. Well, I guess they pay dues. My knees pay a lot of dues. My elbow sure does too. <laughs> but for my poor, cho- poor choices, uh, no, they were great choices playing sports. But, you know, at the end of the day, like we're all members of the single body. So I think like ah, that might be a little bit of a stretch. But at the end of the day, it's the fact of we're all the body of Christ and individual parts of it. So we all make up. The, the, the greater whole. Right. It continues on and says the church had the responsibility to hold each other accountable, which you've even said. First Corinthians 5, 1 through 5. Um, this is actually straight up scripture, not a quote. It is actually reported that is there is sexual immorality among you and the kind of sexual immorality that is not even tolerated among the Gentiles. A man is sleeping with his father's wife. Like, basically... <laughs> I mean, for what we believe, his stepmom, his stepmom, like it's not your, his mother, it's his father's wife. Like that's just nasty. Right. And you are arrogant. Shouldn't you be filled with grief and removed from your congregation? The one who did this, even though I am absent in body, I am present in spirit. And as the one who's present with you in this way, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who's been doing such a thing. When you're assembled in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and I am with you in spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, hand that one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. And we talked about this last episode Mm -hmm. so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. And so the apostle Paul is saying, you see crap going on, call it out and get rid of it and take care of it. Right. Which is kind of interesting because I feel like the church nowadays is scared to do that. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. almost like, sorry, I got to drink a lot of water this episode, man, but it's like, who are you to say this? Like, why are you trying to control my life and do what I'm trying to do? And when I, but it's like, this is a blatant sin. And the fact that right. the Apostle Paul knew about this, being in, like, Rome when he wrote this letter. That means he must have heard about it. And the fact is, is he was sleeping with his his stepmom. Everybody well, knew it, and nobody did nothing. Okay, we assume it's her his stepmom. Yeah. It could, either way, could be a mom, but yeah. if it was mom. Right. But and, either way. And I just want to say we only assume that it's, or speculate that it's a stepmom because of the way he says your father's wife, his father's wife. that would be even more mom. nasty if right. it was mom. Right, exactly. But either but way, either way they're still nasty. nasty. Right. And he's saying like, yo, even, even those who don't follow Jesus know this is wrong right like even in my scenario when i tell part of my story everyone goes uh, 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 oh that's wrong oh oh dad that's that's not okay like we we all we 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 all see what you see yeah and that's wrong so be accountable to one another that's disgusting (laughs) and then the last part of this is it says that the church focused on being an actual body of believers in acts 232 uh sorry acts 432 it says now the full number of those who believe were of one heart and one soul and no one said that any of these things that belonged to him was his own, but they all had everything in common. So mm-hmm. then the question becomes, okay, so how did church membership change throughout the years? Okay. okay. So what do we see the history of the church? And to quote a lot of these sources, this has just come from my head. Like I'm not making it up. It's just, I, I just learned this throughout the years. So I didn't, I didn't go for the sources. So it says in the early days, you had to actually recite something, what we believe is similar to the Apostles' Creed, and be baptized. In fact, if you, uh, oh shoot, what's that one book? Um, it's like the earliest teaching of the Apostles. It's not the Talmud. It's, it's the, um, oh, it's, it's, it's in Didache. the, 
Yeah. Didaki. Or did, well, how do you say Didachi or whatever? Didaki. 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 We believe that is the earliest writings of the of the early it's church. Basically, a Christ, uh, like here's a manual of how to be a Christian, and it all lines up with scripture. I just want to say it, it all lines up with scripture. Most of it, I have it somewhere. Do you really? on the Shelf. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Yep. It's that's some, really dope. It's somewhere over there. And so, but it was talking about the fact they even say like you have to recite something similar to the Apostles' Creed, and you were baptized mm-hmm. into the faith. And so when Christianity, though, became the central religion of the empire under Constantine and all these other emperors, you were born into being a Christian. Because literally, if you were born, you were a citizen of the country you're in, but you were also just born into Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like to be one and the same is the same. And this was often done through baby baptism. So when someone was baptized as a baby into the faith, that brought them into the church, which is God's institution, and it brought you into the state. Mm-hmm. which is another one of God's institutions, just once for the spiritual, once for the physical. Mm-hmm. And so it was literally one and the same. And this is why, when you look at the history of the Baptist tradition and the Anabaptist tradition, in mainland Europe, they were persecuted for baptizing adults because that was flat out saying, all of this crap is wrong, and which right. meant you were an enemy of the church and, and the you state. were the enemy of the state. Right. So a part of church membership was is the same way that you were born into being a member of France or Germany or England or America— that meant you were part of the church, which we see that historically even now. Like if you were in, in the Christian space, like when you were born as an American, you just assumed you were a Christian back in the day. Right. You know, you're a Christian nation, so you're just a Christian. That's just what you are, especially down sure. south, you know? Well, yeah. I God mean, country. Well, God even, country Notre Dame. Even but. 50, 60 years ago, I mm-hmm. mean, everybody went to church. No businesses were open on Sundays. I mean, that's that was the Lord's Day. Right. I and mean, if you were born... In England, you're an Anglican. Right. Like you see John W.R. Starts, uh, Stott, C.S. Lewis, all yep. these other guys. Now, right. Tolkien was a Catholic, which is a really fun to see that relationship between him and C.S. Lewis. But if you were a Christian, Protestant, you were Anglican. If you were if you were from England. Mm-hmm. If you were from Germany, you were a Lutheran. If you mm-hmm. were born in Scotland, you were Presbyterian. Right. Like if you were born in like Zwingliville with Swiss, you were a memorial of you, Protestant. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so each one of these areas kind of had their own little niche niche including catholicism if you were right. born in spain if you're born in italy if you're born in france and you yep. for some reason see all these stinking wars between the protestants and the catholics because they're like no we're right so we're going to kill you because that's the way it's supposed to be <laughs> it's because it's because they viewed the state and the church as one yep but in modern times now you see that you join a church simply on what the church rules are mm-hmm. okay so like in roman catholics and in orthodox faith you're baptized into the church as an adult if you're a, if you're if you're a pagan right but from there, your kids are baptized as infants to bring them into the church, okay? Mm-hmm. And so Roman Catholics and a lot of Greek Orthodox would say, especially Catholics, I don't speak for Greek Orthodox or Russian or whatever, Eastern, but for Catholics, when you're baptized as a baby, it removes the original sin, the original guilt, by which you can then receive the grace through the church to become a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then the Presbyterian and Dutch Reformed, those other, I would say, um, Generally, it's the reform, like super Calvinistic, older school, high Protestant type church where it's like, if you didn't know any better, you're like, what's the difference between you and Catholics type situation? Mm-hmm. Presbyterian is probably the big one. You are you do baptize babies to bring them into the physical body of the church and the physical membership, and they're under the, the teaching and rule of the church, but you still need to publicly de- declare your faith to be part of the spiritual church. So you, can be, you can be part of the physical church Lutherans, by being baptized into it. Lutherans are really no. big into this, yes. this aspect of it. And, and I, I forgot to include Lutherans yeah, in there in right. my notes, but, but the, the, but the same idea. Yep, right, exactly. Yep. 
And generally, you see those are the churches that are the first st- uh, first wave of Protestantism coming out of the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. right? And so if we move on, though, Baptists, Methodists, most non-denobs all believe that you have to do what we call believer's baptism, where you follow Jesus, then you're baptized as in a, whatever stage you are, child, teen, adult, and then that's what brings you into membership of the church. And then some Pentecostal groups, though, require baptism by the Holy Spirit, and then you have to receive a spiritual gift that shows laying on you are in the faith. Laying on of hands. you got to have a baptism of water and then a and baptism a, a of spirit. the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands. And I know that because I was a part of one of those groups in my younger days, so you that's know, okay, exactly so what it does. Let me ask you this question then. So when I was applying for youth pastor gigs back in, well, 2013 or whatever, I was applying for an American Baptist church now in the southern part of the state, and they specifically asked me a question. Apparently, they didn't like my answer. They said, what's the baptism of the Spirit? And I just said, it's when he gets saved and the Holy Spirit indwells. Like, that was like, there's like one sentence, but mm-hmm. they wanted me to do a whole treatise on it. Was that in response, you think? I mean, obviously, we can't judge motives. Know. But is is that because I I wanted to make sure we brought this up because this was the world you came out of. Right, yeah. So, I mean, to me, the from what I know of the Pentecostal uh, it's you're baptized and that means you're a Christian, but the Holy Spirit isn't dwelt, dwelling it within you. You're just, you're saved, but you don't get the, the spiritual gifts of like speaking in tongues and um, healing and all, all these other gifts of the spirit that you see in order to have receive the Holy Spirit to perform the gifts of the spirit. You have to have the elders come around you, lay hands on you and basically, they continue to pray over you until you speak in tongues or perform one of these gifts of the Spirit. Which I think is fascinating. It, it is and we're here very about strange. But so, so as we get to this point, so far, all we know is, is the fact that the early church... Pause. I just want to point out, I'm laughing at your note that says, Source Mark said... <laughs> Sorry, a lot anyways. of reading, a Go lot ahead. of watching videos. Go ahead, buddy. Over the years, I just, man. That's funny that you both had the source. In case you're said. wondering, the I'm, I'm sure Beth the started I'm putting of it. that in the show. Most notes. of the content I have been watching is is uh, has a lot to do with culture and the in a lot of the movements we're seeing in the world with the trans movement and gender identity. I watch sure. a lot of videos on that from both sides, but I also have been watching and binging a ton of content on Sola Scriptura versus church tradition and the 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 is like the Pope is the Pope actually a real thing? Is it not mm. like I'm, I'm, the I'm not papacy, the papacy. Thank you. I'm not wrestling with what's true. I mean, I, I, I always wrestle with what's the true truth, sure. but it's more the fact of no, no, no. I where really do, want to understand because where did this all come out of? Yeah. Cause the Protestants just give the answer of, Oh, the Pope's the Antichrist. Move on. <laughs> like, that's all well, I grew that's, up. that's the seventh day Adventist take on it is that, that the Pope is the Antichrist. That's how I grew up being taught. And that's, I know I know a lot of people believe that too. And but it's the fact of okay, so historically, why Pope the, was the Pope and all these different things? But we're not here for that. So, but when you see all of these things so far in the early church, it was the fact that people were saved. They we 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 definitely have proof that there was baptism. Mm-hmm. Even even Peter says, "Be saved and be baptized." Yeah. Like we see baptism all over the place. Mm-hmm. So and then when they do, they're brought into the fellowship of the church and they're brought into submission of the elders in one another for accountability and for spiritual mm-hmm. discipleship. Right. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the early church into modern times throughout medieval culture, I would say the definition changed about what me- constitutes being in the church versus not. Mm-hmm. And there's still disagreement between us and like Presbyterians mm-hmm. and Lutherans and Catholics. We would still disagree. Sure. And so the question is, is a, what does it mean to be a church member? Cause obviously it's being part of the body, right? Right. But then how, what really constitutes church membership? Because like for us, 
so many times now I, I different pastors and different people have different opinions but if someone was baptized as a baby and they're like no nope, i follow jesus now i was baptized back then do i need to be baptized again now what would you say to them if they said hey i was baptized as a baby but i i follow jesus do i need to be baptized again like what's the purpose of this what I, would you say i would say this isn't a baptism conversation did but. you know why you were repenting of your sins as a baby well, they would say that I wasn't repenting of sins. I was just being brought into the exactly the but, care of the church, and obviously the care of the church worked because here I am saved. And, and then I would I would go back to the uh, the cleansing waters of the Jewish times. If that was just the case, then they were already part of the Jewish culture. Uh, when you were cleansed of sins and 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 the atonements and all this stuff, you you did all this stuff as as a ritual. Um, why were why would Peter still tell people? repent and be baptized if he knew he that they went speaking, through that that's true i didn't think if, about that i they, never thought about that because he was speaking to the jews. jews so if you're speaking to the jewish people that were ritually constantly doing these cleansing acts women had to do it every stinking month mm-hmm. these these baptisms Pur- purification baptismos yep you know uh so why would why would he say repent and be baptismo. And why would Christ say, I'm not talking, I'm talking about being birth of the spirit, you know, a rebirth of the spirit does not come by natural birth. You know, the, the whole conversation he had with Nicodemus. Uh, so that's what my next question is. Why, if you, why would Peter say that in the context of who he was speaking to? And, and I also look at the context of Jesus as he says, what's the great, what's the great commission, right? Go therefore making disciples of all, all people baptizing in the name of the father, son, and the Holy spirit. Right, but it's but it's the teach, and then baptize. It's right. not there's the, it's right. the fact making of disciples, making disciples, teaching them everything I command you, and then you know baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Right, and along with you always at the end of age. And so when I have those conversations, now if someone's really resistant, I want to go well, why? Because for us, we fully believe that baptism is a public declaration of an inward transformation. Right, we don't believe that baptism is what seals you. Or what saves you? It's the first act of obedience in the response to the changed new heart and life. Correct. And that's why in the Baptist world, which is obviously our tradition, especially in the SBC, is the fact of in order to be a member of a church, baptism is required. Right. Because we would say, like, well, if you're scared to be baptized or you don't want to be baptized, do, do you really have the faith? Right. Do you really have it? Because this is what we see. So it's we the should first act of the obedience. It seems so. Now, I will say. In American culture, it's baptism seems weird. Sure. But when you look at the ancient times, especially over in Muslim cultures, you can be saved all you want. But when you're baptized, you're saying, you know, Allah's not God, Yahweh's God. And in, in the Romans time, that's not Caesar's Lord. Oop, I whacked my mic. Caesar's not Lord. Jesus is Lord. Right. And it's supposed to Big symbolize thing. being buried with him in baptism and then raised again to new life. Right. The walk in new life. And so for us with Baptists, we say, no, no, no. The first step towards church membership is have you followed have you followed Jesus? Are you are you part of are you part of the Savior? Are you part of God's family? And right. then have you been baptized? And then if people say, Yep, that's it. Boop. Check the data line, right? And so, and, and I guess one question is: Is, is well, that the right response to have to, to, for the first step of church membership? First step, I, I don't think that makes you automatically a church member just because you've been baptized, right? I mm-hmm. think that is the first step in saying, "Hey, yeah, this person is serious about their faith," right? Because it's the first act of obedience, right? And so, and then people, I've heard this argument with church membership of the fact that in the early church they were brought into the fold of the church, but in the American church. You got like five Baptist churches on a corner. 
Right. So is it is it correct to just say, I'm joining this specific church, and is that the right move to do and say, I'm not a member of this church, I'm a member of this church? And, and then how does that work in today's culture? Mm. Like, is it okay to do that? So you had different churches back in the New Testament. You had the Church of Corinth, the Church of Rome. You had different... But those were cities. Ent- that's like South Bend versus Indy. Sure. You know? So... Uh, in that culture, that's how they did it, right? Because there were smaller groups coming together. The believers in that city would come together, right? Mm-hmm. Meet in smaller houses or whatever. Uh, here. We do believe in Ephesus. Some of them had bigger grand areas. Sure. And they probably did more of like, hey, we we have these, you know, six small churches that we're going to meet every once in a while as a big church. But you're right. Or, but we see the churches in Galatia. Like there, there is plural. Like there's a little house church. Because. Right. They didn't have big buildings like we did. But uh, I mean, even nowadays, uh, like the, the, Niles, right? Niles, Michigan, not too far from here. Okay. Uh, I forget if it's once a quarter or once every six months. Um, all the churches in the city of Niles get together and have a celebration as the Church of Niles, hmm. which is I thought was very fascinating that that's what they, they all do. churches like even the or, or a lot of them. Do. Every church that wants to participate okay. in it, right? And they get, gather and they worship together. As my pessimist eyes, like the Baptist probably. Does. No, they actually do. That's awesome. Shockingly. Let's go. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think culture has changed a lot from then to now, right? And I think that's what we have to look at. Excuse me. Um, the fact that uh, uh, back then your church was what was nearest your house, right? Because yeah, you had you to walked. walk everywhere. Right. So for me to go to a church, you know, well, 30 even, minutes e- away. Even uh, up to 100 years ago, that's why they had churches on city blocks. Right. Because you would walk into the city. Right. So uh, I think culture nowadays has changed a lot to where everybody can drive and have their pick of the litter as you would. Yeah, people drive up 20, um, 30 minutes for church, 100%. And so I think that church membership now doesn't become so much as, a, hey, I'm the part of the church of South Bend. Of this area. But I'm a church of this specific congregation um, because of the ability to travel. Mm, yep. So I think culturally, that's why it has changed. So, and... I'm trying to think of the next question to make sure I I, I do you're the question to, you're, right. You're trying to lead it. I know. Oh, right. I mean, I'm gonna. There's a couple powerhouse questions that we need to tackle. But basically, the idea is the fact of. I, I'm just gonna say it this way. Okay. Should we believe in church membership? Should we say it's okay to join a church, sign the doc? Like, like for example, I was a member at Southside. Sure. And then. I became a member at New Life. I'm sure. not a member at Southside anymore. And to do that, <laughs> Southside sent a letter to New Life saying, yes, Mark is in good faith. When Beth left Whitestone down in, because Beth actually never joined Southside. Right. Because um, we were trying to figure out just what we were going to do. So Whitestone actually sent a letter up to New Life and said, yes, we love Beth. She's in, she's basically, good she's standing. in good fellowship yep, and good right. standing. And and we say, yeah, she's a member of our body. And we're basically Releasing. giving. And, and it was like, we're, we're, we're trusting the care of her soul as we see for the elder's job to now the elders at New Life. Right. And so is that Which a we good call tra- thing? transferring membership. Yeah, tra- a, church, a positive church transfer. Yeah, right. Not, not a negative because you church shopping. Right. But so, but so is this something that, that, that is good to have? So I think before you can answer that, you have to answer the question of what is modern day church membership? All right, lean into that, homie. Lean so into it. So I would say. Now, I got no more notes, by the way, guys. That, those are my notes. <laughs> yeah, so now we're into talk, talk, I'm talk. I'm turning my iPad Talky off. talk time. My iPad is off. So. Let's talk talk. I would say that church membership, from what I see in this culture, based upon some of the scripture that we read and and the things that happened in the new church, but bringing that into today's culture is is 
A church is where you agree to submit yourself to the eldership and the leadership of that congregation to confess your sins with those brothers back mm-hmm. and forth, to bear each other's burdens, to love unconditionally, to be there to help. Uh, and likewise, the church makes a uh, profession that they are going to stand by your side, weep when you weep, share your burdens, love you unconditionally, lead you, confess confess themselves one to another, and then the leadership is going to hold accountable, mm-hmm. is going to shepherd your heart, is going to guard your heart, is and, and there's a submission thing, right? Submission right. and leadership, care taken. Um, I think that that is the biblical view of membership nowadays, right? Right. Based on scriptures and what we see nowadays, because it's not a church of a city, it's a church of a congregation, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it went from macro to micro almost. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's not as easy because all the churches of South Bend don't come together and meet as one church. Everybody has a different denomination. Nobody meets together. So you, you, you kind of went from a macro church to a micro church. Mm-hmm. So uh, with the ultimate authority being Christ, right? And scripture over you. Uh, under shepherding. Yeah, see, I listen to you. Under shepherd, baby. <laughs> well, but, but a lot of this, I mean, we get some of these ideas even from Roddy Buse, but like the junior elders and under shepherd and yep, stuff too. Yep. So like, even our, our thoughts, I'm sorry, I was lost in thought. I was like, man, how would this apply to this situation, this situation, this situation so, for my own pastoral life? So I would say that church membership, this is what it looks like, right? It looks like a submission to one another, right? I'm submitting to the church. The church is not submitting to me, but is going to shepherd me as mm-hmm. a, as a over as a body, right, mm-hmm. is going to look after me. I am going to be a part of it. I am not a separate entity. I'm looking at the best interest of the church as a whole, and we are going to move in this direction together under the leadership of the elders, under under the pastor, and ultimately under Christ. Right. This is this is how we go in this church. That's the agreement. That's the. Um, uh, declaration you're making, right? Mm-hmm. Church membership in a modern day culture. So do I think church membership is necessary to attend a church? I don't think you have to have t- uh, a church membership, but to be part of a church, to submit yourself to a church, I think it is imperative and important, right? So I guess here's the difference then is the fact of, you know, if someone's, because that South side, you know, on the connect card, there is the option of, are you a regular attender or are you a member? Right. And my question has always been, how could someone just be a regular attender? So, because now if someone's like they're for there for a few months. They're saying, "Am I going to submit? Am I going to be part of this?" And that's I think, different. I think that that's you what know? It, I think that's what that means, though. Because I look at Beth, right? Right. You guys were trying to figure it out, but yeah. she regularly attended Southside for until, almost a year until you guys figured it out. But she did say. Now I will say to her credit. To best credit, she said at one point, she goes, all right, Mark, if this is where we're going, I'm ready to become a member sure. and submit myself to this church. And I said, right. I don't know yet. I right. th- it might be time for us to move on and be in. It's so, but what <laughs> so I'm she had to go through but, it. But she, was, she, she prepared herself to. But what, but what I'm saying is she was a regular attender at time until things got figured out. Mm-hmm. So she could check that box. And Beth was saying she was willing to but, submit to the church. And she was, but she had not made the declaration and stood before the church. So she was not a member, mm-hmm. right? And it was not a bad thing that she wasn't a member because, I mean, she was kind of a member by default because you were still a member at the time. Right. 
but she had not. When stood, you marry one of the foreign bastards, yeah, I mean, you got to stop. But she had not. <laughs> she had not made the the decision to to submit herself to Scott's authority at that point. Right. Okay. Okay. Court. So 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 let's lean into that. So if someone does go to a church and they're a regular attender, they're. There, there are. Are they making a declaration of I'm not submitting to your leadership? But that does does that also mean that the church doesn't need to do crap for that person? Um, two way street. I I think that it's still a call of a Christian to care about people. I was I was I was baiting you. I hope you know that. I figured you were. Yeah. But the, I think it's still imperative that the church still act like the church, right? Right. It's like um. All right, I'll give you an uh, example. So I'm a union member, right? Okay. But I could choose not to pay union dues and still reap the benefits of a union member. Did you know that? Did no. You know a mem- no, 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 a, a, a I actually un- didn't know that. Union membership. Because if I ever stop paying like my, my BBB so, membership, I'm out. As a union, I get the boot. As a union member, I get certain protections, you know, that there's arbitrations and all sorts of stuff like that that can happen. I get all the benefits, all the pay raises, all the insurance, all the stuff that the union member gets. Really? Without paying a dime. Why do you get the benefit if you don't put anything into it? So Because I a part of the workforce. And so I get everything. That, is that because you were? I'm, I'm actually, I don't know. Is no. it because you were a member first? No. Even if I, even if I, so when I, when you hire in to like where I work. Right. For the first six months, you are not allowed to join the union. You are on probation as a probationary employee. You cannot join the union. Okay. It's only after probationary period, you can choose to join the union or not join the union. Okay. You could choose never to join the union, never pay a union due, but you still get everything that was bargained for under the union. And really? they okay. still have to defend you. Really? Now, there's a repercussion with that. Yeah, right? what is that? You get called a scab. <laughs> you know, you get treated differently by the members that are union members. Maybe not by the leadership, but by the member, you get treated differently. But, huh. It's, okay. Uh, so, so, to me... I could reap because it was like you're a leech. Is that kind of the idea? Basically, like yeah, yeah, that's what they call it. They call it a scab, right? You're 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 something that's irritating. You're you're a leech. You're 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 reaping the. (laughs) I never knew this, guys. This is wild. You're not. You're not. But they also view you as you're not committed, and you're not a brother. You're not one of us. That's the way they view it in the union, right? Mm -hmm. When you don't pay the union dues, so you pay the union dues, hey. Now they look after you. You kind of get the inside scoop with things going on in the union. You're part of the group. Uh, you find out more information. You you are more accepted. Uh, you can go to the union meetings, whereas if you're a non-union member, you can't go to those union meetings because uh, we have a sign-in sheet. You have, like there's a, a, On our union meetings, if you are not a member of our local, you are not allowed to attend our meetings. Which is wild because if someone doors. ever did that in the church, they'd get into the newspapers and fly like wildfire but it does happen right think about your church conference right right think about when we're talking about it's for members only right and a non-member could walk in they're they're well uh, yes they could but their vote don't mean nothing but yeah they can't vote on any direction of the church Mm -hmm. just like as a union member i can make certain votes in those union meetings of what we're going to do whereas a non-union member they have to take what they get okay so let's lean into this a little bit so so I'm hearing you right saying that church membership is a good thing. I think so. And yeah. that people should actually join a church. So one thing that one thing that membership does is We it, could end up going long on this one if we're not careful. <laughs> yeah. What membership does though is it it's a commitment, right? It's like yep. a marriage. When you go from dating to marriage, there's a commitment. That's made. true, because you can live with someone for ten years, but it's never a commitment because you could bounce at any time. Exactly. You're never committed to it. And when you sign 
some people have you sign a membership. Some people just have you stand in front of the church and you affirm, right? There, there's a difference. Yeah, New in, Life, I didn't sign nothing. So I, I don't think we signed anything at Southside, if I remember correctly. They it was just signed my paycheck. But, that's all I but at, that's all I when I was at Riverside, <laughs> I had to sign an actual covenant agreement, mm, right? Okay. They made us do a covenant agreement signature, um, <clears throat> and, which was funny because then we merged at the time with Riverside, merged with another church. And we had to re-sign the covenant agreement, which because you merged two churches and then like, I never understood that because it was still, I'm actually on that side. We were still part of the same church. Actually, the other church joined with us, but we were still this church. I think it's so that it didn't make them feel bad. That's probably the idea. Maybe, but it still doesn't like, that's like saying I got to recommit to a marriage because you brought in a stepkid. Or yeah, you that's weird. Kid. Now, I know some churches where right. every single... Now, I will say there are some churches... And this is where I want to go into this conversation a little bit is there's some churches that if you're a member, you are required to do certain things. Like if you're... If you don't... Now, I will say Southside even has in their bylaws, if you don't show up for like right. six or nine months in a row... You better have you a good lose, excuse. No, no, no. You lose voting rights. Right. You can't vote. And then there's something where it's like, we'll remove you from the role at a certain point. I remember there was a... It was yeah, all in the newspapers on social media. Basically, this person received a letter. Like, I can't believe this church kicked me out of membership. And I'm like, I can't so, believe you haven't been there in four years. Like, I, I can tell you this. I don't know if I should say the name of this church or not. Yeah, don't say the name of it. There, say, say it off air. There's a church uh, off of the bypass. Oh, I know the church about the money, but they ask you how much you make so they know how much you're tithing. No, no, no. They require, yeah. they require 10% tithe. So you have to tell them your yearly income and it gross, and they require 10% to be a member. If you do not pay, if you pay 9%, you lose your membership. You have to pay 10% of your gross salary. That's what this church requires as part of membership. And I think that's taking it a little too far, right? Because then you totally take out the heart of a cheerful giver. You take and not even out. that, but you think of like, okay, so, so think of the person who gave the one penny versus gave the person who gave all, you said right. that person gave more than that person did because they gave all they had. Or you think right. of the poor and the rich. There was, there was you. You totally give the purpose of it. You you get you you destroy the purpose of tithing. Right. You destroy it by doing that. In my opinion, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Disagree, agree. It doesn't matter. I, I mean, that's so just my so opinion. are so there are, so you would say there are some church memberships and church structures where it's okay. We think we've stepped out of the. We're in this together versus you're here and you're going to do this crap. You, you've gone from a like, co- here's your you've checklist. gone from a marriage commitment to a business dealing. Oh, oh, I think that's my Ooh, opinion. Okay, right? so a marriage okay. commitment. You go into a marriage saying, "I'm going to love you unconditionally. I'm going to be but there for you." Could be meatloaf once and, a month and, and then- <laughs> sickness and in health until death do we part. Right? We both make that yeah. commitment in a marriage, but in a business dealing, it's like here's the terms and conditions. Yeah, there's always terms and conditions, and yeah, you have to meet all these terms and conditions, or this contract is no longer it's it's no longer valid. It's void. It's true, and that's where when you put certain stipulations on, right? So like. There's certain stipulations that come to church, right? How can you be a member if you're never part of the body, right? So Southside, think of nine months or whatever those bylaws. Right. It's, it's basically saying, listen, if you want to still be a member here, you got to show up, right? Now, granted, there's shut-ins, up. there's there's sickness, COVID sure, screwed up a lot of things. I don't think Southside has ever kicked anybody out if there was legitimate reasons why they weren't there. Like, hey, I'm in the nursing home or, hey, oh, I've got COVID. No. I mean, we didn't kick certain elders out when they didn't show up for two years. Just saying, we have certain elders that we did not remove from eldership and we did not kick out because of illness that they had, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was a legitimate reason. We we show grace and love. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, sorry to bring you up, but 
we agreed as a membership to let you go off and keep paying you when you had all the crap happen in your life. We didn't punish you for that. We loved you. We came around you and said, dude, take some time. Take some time away. We'll continue to keep you on staff. We'll continue to do this. You know what I mean? Oh, my job description grew, though. That's what's funny. <laughs> it, it did, but... But, the, the, but before COVID showed up, I had freedom to be like, you don't need to worry about teeth in the teens anymore. Right. Yeah. Just, we, we, okay. just figure well, yeah. your crap out. You'll uh, we, be okay. We took you out of that. We took you out of that that type of role, and we said, all right, can you do this? Yeah. Do this instead, which is... I didn't get the boot. I didn't get the boot. No, no, no. We accommodate. Right. Yep. And so I think that that's that's the church loving its own. That's right. And that's, but that's the the commitment. That's the marriage aspect. That's the covenant aspect. Right. Whereas a business dealing would have been like, you're an employee and you're not doing your role and your job. You're out. out. And so that's where some churches, I think, get it wrong and lose the heart of the, of the scripture of the new Testament and of the gospel Mm -hmm. and of loving and caring for one another. I, I think that's where you become the business dealing. It's terms and conditions. And so, okay, so so with church membership though is, ah, goodness. Okay, so I, I got this idea in my head. There's 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 so many different church memberships, right? Like in terms of every church structure is different, right? Like there's elder led, there's pastor led, there's uh, multi multi elder led, there's deacon led, congregation led, congregation. Like I mean, and then there's a, a, a bishop bishop led, right? And so I think there's all these different church structures. And the question is, is if you're going to join a church, I think my first question is, is A, are you willing to submit? And I do think there's so many people that they don't even know if they're members or not. And they're, they're serving in the church. And so I do think that the church should have conditions on certain things. Sure. When it comes to membership. Now, I think you and I will both agree on this, right? Is the fact of, I do think there's roles in the church that you can be a part of the body and do certain things and not be a member. I do believe that. Such as, such as like we're going on a serving trip. Yeah, you can come in. You can join us. Let's go sure. serve the community. We're going to pass out waters. We're, we're having like, we're doing the trick or treat at Zubu and you're not a member. You're like, hey, I, I want to be there to help out with the church. That's fine. Okay. Or it's always like, hey, like, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out. Maybe you're not saved, but I you want to be involved. I, I want to come to Awana, or not Awana, to VBS and serve food. I, I attend here regularly. Exactly. Right. You want to serve food. You want to do these things. You want to you want to hold doors and greet people. I don't think you even necessarily need to be saved to do some of those things. Certain ones. Because, yeah, certain but things. But I don't, dis, I, I don't always agree with um, before you believe you belong. Mm, because yeah, no. this goes back to the church being an institution rather than the church being no, we're the body of Christ, right. we're the bride of Christ, right? And and then there's all, but there's also a lot of churches, in my opinion, who even though there might be Christians in good standing and they're good, faithful people, they love Jesus, all these different things, but they'll let them lead worship, serve on worship team, teach in Awana, teach in student ministry, teach in other places, and they're not members of the church. Sure. They have not agreed to, this is how the church works, here's our beliefs, here's the things. So technically, they could teach whatever the heck they want to, and they're right. not under the authority of the church. And and now I agree. Likewise, it, they can be booted real fast, too, and asked not to come back if they taught something that was heretical and that's, divisive. That's true, but I feel like so many, there, there's, there are some churches that aren't as hard nosed as what they need to be with membership now. Right. And I'm not going to bash, like, I'm not going to bash some of these churches because I, I love a lot of them. I've been a part of a lot of these where like, I'm like, are, are you actually a member or are you just loved by this church? Right. And then that gets awkward. Cause I know Southside had this awkward thing where, okay, so what if there's a teenager who has followed Jesus? They, they started playing on worship team. They started serving in tech. They started serving in VBS, but they've not been baptized yet. 
do you tell them at a certain age? Nope, you can't. And the one they hit 19, 20, and there's if they're if if they're still not baptized, and they if they still have not joined the church, even though they grew up in the church their whole life, do you then just say, okay, you can do these things, but if you hit fourteen, and you're not baptized yet. Sorry. Yeah, I mean those are conversations. Like that's where it gets awkward. And then reform reform what, says, well, yeah, our problem's fixed. You're part of the physical church, anyways. You just have to believe, like, well, then you're part of the spiritual church. Like yeah. you know, I think it's important. <clears throat> so, as a child. Under the age of, in our culture, under 18, you're under the authority of your parents. So if your parents are members and you are not a member, I think you're under the parent uh, the authority of your parents, and your parents have to submit it's to the Kind of the same idea like with the Jew. Is, it's like you're under my under our Steve, which I agree with that, and that's why even though my, all my kids aren't saved and baptized, in fact, none of my kids are baptized, we all take are, communion together, actually. They are members because they are under your authority. And because of that, I let them take communion. So, And people will disagree with me on that one. I know they will. I got my reasons. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say if they have not professed faith, that that's a different topic. But I would say if they have not professed faith, then that's mm, that's a hairy one for me. But no, that's I'm just not, me. I'm not that's my, my little four year old taking. That's my. That's just my opinion. I won't let my kids. Yeah, we're not until, that's not until, until my kids are saved and baptized. They won't take communion. That's right. just my opinion. That's on that's it. That's, that's not fine. today's conversation. Yeah, but. Uh, so as far as church membership, though, I think they're under the authority of you. And if you are yourself a member, then ultimately, if there's a problem with your Is child. Is it kind of like the union worker where you're, you're, you're brought into the fellowship of the church just because you're already in it? Sort of, but not really. This is a little bit different. This is this is more like the Jewish culture, right? Okay. Of, of um, you as the father have submitted yourself to the church authority. So if there's a problem with your child the church is going to come to you and tell you to deal with it. And if you don't, then you're not doing what you committed to do. Mm-hmm. At which point now we need to look at what the commitment was, right? If mm-hmm. you said you committed to submit, then that process of you're not submitting at this point and there's something going on that needs to be addressed, that those conversations have to start. And yep. where that leads depends on what those interactions look like, I think. And, and I guess this is where some of that conversation goes then with this side is the fact of... The, a lot of people treat the church like a country club, right? Where they pay their dues, they're expected to show up and be served. Right. Like, you guys are going to play the music. Mm-hmm. You guys are going to provide the food. You guys are going to provide the Sunday school teachers. Sure. And I'm just going to sit and I'm going to enjoy it. Now, there's a time and place for all of that. I mean, when I was at New Life, when I first walked in, Michael, our, our pastor, I mean, I've, I've known this man for almost 10 years now. And he sure. flat out said, he goes, Mark, just be part of the church. I know, I know who you are. I know what you can do. Dude, just 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 getting grafted with the family, man. Just sure. just be part of the family, heal a little bit, not from church hurt, but just from everything else. Service, yeah, right. Uh, just just be learn to be a part of the body again, and that's what he told me. Learn to be a part of the body again. I'm like, this is the most beautiful gift you could ever give me. So mm-hmm. thank you. But I'm at a point now where I'm itching. I'm itching to get back. In. I just and Beth and I are supposed to start a Bible study for the church for foster families in our community, mm-hmm. and, and then we got to take care of Lennox. Like, and I'm not blaming Lennox on it. I'm just saying. We, we're ready to jump in. We're ready to go. And But at the same time, even though I'm not able to serve, I'm being served right now, sure. I have openly chosen to submit myself to Pastor Mike, Pastor Michael, Jake, the elders, sure. like the people who are in our spiritual authority. I have submitted myself to them. Yep. That doesn't mean I get benefits because of it, but at the same time, I do get benefits. I get benefits for being part of the body and having friends and connections and relationships. And And there are things we get to enjoy, and there are things we get to do because we are members. But at at the same token, I do think that there's a lot of times where, I don't, I don't know if churches are just scared to have a hard line 
or not. I don't know. I, I'm not really sure where I'm going with that, except for the fact of just the simple reality of is, are some church memberships too strict or some too loose? Uh, it sounded know. like you were kind of going to the, should My brain members be required to serve? Is that where you were kind of headed? Uh, kind of, it? yeah. Like, should we should we require certain things of people? So I think serving, this is where the institutional church, I think, and I say institutional, this is where the building church, the people that go to a certain building and this is church. Mar- Amer- is, the American definition of is, a church. Is a little different than house churches or, or churches that are happening, underground churches over in other parts of the world. Of I would say established then. How about established churches? Sure, established. Well, so house church guys, we always used to call it institutional church. Right, and I, I, I would too. Yeah. I would too, yeah. The institution. Yep. So uh, I think this is where they, they can they can get lost a little bit because serving to them looks different than serving from what I see in scripture, right? Okay. Serving to the institutional church is, hey, you got to be a door greeter, be on the security team. Mow the grass. You got to mow the grass. You got to clean. You got to play on the worship band. You got to, you got to do something like that. What I see from scripture is no, bear each other's burdens, confess your sins one to another, edify, uplift. It's not about doing, opening a door for a person. And being part of the greeting team, it's about having those relationships, living life. And I would together. say those roles aren't bad, but we can't get. But that's, we, that, that's not the end, right? So I'm saying, what I'm saying is, if you're requiring that you have to join one of these groups and do something like that in the church, if that's part of the church membership, I, I tend to I tend to disagree with it a little bit. People will have their own opinions. I think serving could be, hey, man. Uh, I just know I'm connected with this one family and I'm encouraging them and hey, they're going through this tough time and I'm trying to help them and also lead them to go and talk to the leadership about that. That's a serving, right? That's mm-hmm. serving. That's watching out for the body. That's leading the body back to the eldership. That's submitting that yourself and helping that other church member to submit to the authority that God has placed over their lives. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's start laying the plan here then a little bit, right? I mean, it's already been an hour and five minutes. Dang. We thought we were going to go short. So let's land the plan. All right. So I, I'm, I have two different thoughts in mind, right? Yep. One thought is, okay, so what about the person that is listening to this podcast sure. and, and we know the audience pretty well to know that there's a lot of you guys who have experienced church hurt. So I don't want to disregard that. There are a lot of people who are like, I'm trying to get back into my faith. I'm trying to figure this. Out. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And, and they're learning. They're trying to, okay, do I go to this church or that church? There's all these different churches. Yeah. What would your encouragement to them regarding this conversation with joining a church? What would your encouragement be to somebody who either a, it goes to a church, but they never join or B they're just trying to figure out what's next for them in church life. I'd say that would be my first land the plane. And then the second plane, I guess is the fact of just I mean, we've already given our thoughts on church membership of just so yeah, I, yeah or nay. I'll just land the plane with yeah, just this. Land the plane, I, I'm bro. gonna I'm gonna not land two planes. I'm just gonna land, just one, land the one one big seven forty seven here. Boeing four seven forty seven. I'm I'm gonna say that I think church membership is imperative uh, for two reasons. One, it gets you in a community where you actually become part of the tribe. Two, it keeps you from church hopping, mm. and church hopping is where it's dangerous, right? Because that's where. Um, you may not be doing it, but if you think about the other person who may be church hopping, they may be the sexual abuser that's church hopping, right? And there's nobody that can really pin them down because they never did membership. So I think church hopping is very dangerous. And not even just that, I but think, it's even dangerous for your own soul because then it's like, well, I don't like what they're doing. I'm going to go there now. Right. It's well, a, a me-centered. It, yeah, it's all about you, and and it's never committing, right? And mm-hmm. and the the whole purpose of the church, if you look at the New Testament, is to join a body, to be a functioning member in a 
body. And you can't do that if you church hop all the time because you're never fully incorporated in the body. So I think it's very imperative uh, for your safety uh, and for the safety of others that if you are at a church, you've been at a church for a long time and you feel like, okay, I'm going to be here. Um, join, right? Figure out the membership and join. If you're still looking around, I would say um, pray, seek, and and study the the, the church bylaws, the, the statement of faiths, and all that stuff. Uh, find a church and get plugged in and, and join that and, and join, right? Become a member, right? Make that commitment, that covenant. I would caution to stay away from um, terms and condition churches personally. If they're lo- wanting to look at your finances so they can require a 10% tithe, I would say that's a big red flag for me. Not that they are not a church or could be a good church. It's just a huge red flag for me of what else are they kind of missing or skewing and becoming legalistic with it. It just sounds really legalistic to me. I would draw a red flag on that one and say, maybe this isn't the church for it's me. It's definitely but, a red flag, that's for sure. But maybe it's the church for you. I, I don't know. I can't make that decision. Only you can make that decision. But I would say find, read the bylaws, read their statements of faith, and find a church where you feel like uh, you may not feel comfortable at, at first or even after six months or a year, but find a, a church that is full of love and watch their members. And how their membership treats each other is how you can know how they're going to treat you. And, and that's kind of where I'm going to leave it. Yeah, I, I guess my final thoughts and closing thoughts is the fact of, A, like, like you said, don't join a church too fast. Right. Like, don't walk and be like, oh, I'm joining after three weeks. Like, in my opinion, like, I even told people this at Southside, too. It's like six months, six months to a year, man. Yep. You're, you're there long enough to see, okay, here's how the church works. Because you could be there for three weeks and all of a sudden have, like, three really bad sermons. Like, because <laughs> the pastor but, was just struggling with some stuff. Or, yeah, but a bad sermon don't mean nothing. <laughs> right. And, and so you want to be there for six months to a year just to figure out, is, is, and I would say, is this where I want to grow, raise my family, commit myself to this body, submit to these elders. Right. And because every church is going to be a little bit different and that doesn't make it bad. And it just takes, makes it different. It takes time to get to know those elders and that, that leadership. Exactly. That's what, that's what you should be seeking in those six months to a year. Yeah. But I would also say, don't take forever to join a church too. Cause my question, if you're at a church for a year, two years, three, and you haven't joined, my question is, is why, what are you scared of? What are you terrified about? And generally, it goes back to, oh, I've been hurt, and I don't want to get stuck in this again. Have those conversations with the elders and say, like, look, I've been here for a couple of years. For some reason, I'm still struggling with joining this church. Is it not? That might mean it's time for you to go find a different family because right. you're you're not committed to it. It's like, why would you date and move in with somebody and never marry them after being with them for seven years? Right. Are you not? Are you really not committed? Do well, you really want to bounce whatever and, you want to bounce? And I think some of it has to be to do with church or just like yeah. you're saying. So you need to have those conversations and and figure that out. I would say if you're at a church any more than a year and you're not considering membership, there's probably something you need to deal with or have a conversation you need to have. And I will say, I knew a guy who was a part of our church and he was at our church for him and his wife were there for like a year and they just never joined, never joined, never joined. They bounced to another church and they joined within like two weeks. And I, I'll be honest, I was, I was hurt. Yeah. They're like, we poured everything into you guys. Like what the heck happened? And I mean, they all had the reasons. It's okay. But I would say if, you know, if you're, at a church for a very short amount of time, like, oh, this is, this is perfect, let's, let's join. I said, give it some time. Like, there, you know, grass is always greener until so you find the warts. And, you know, so, so I'm oh, just, see, this I- is just my encouragement of, you know, hang out, learn the church, figure it out. But if you're there for too long, you're not joining, what's going on? But I would also, you know, challenge and encourage people to say like, okay, if they let non-members do anything in the church life, I, my question is just why? 
Yeah. Like, you know, as, as, a, as someone who I, I'll just, I'll keep myself in that role as someone who's a pastor and, and has served as an elder, you know, that that's a big importance because if, if, if someone's teaching and if someone's equipping and someone is practicing without saying, no, 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 I'm submitting to the church's teachings and doctrines and practices, they're not really a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's the idea you get all the benefits and do all the things without the commitment. It's almost like you don't give somebody wife privileges or you don't give you don't give a guy husband privileges until they're your husband or they're, they're your wife. Right. You know, and so so for us as church members, I would say if you're dealing with church hurt, I totally get it. Totally get it. I've never had to walk through that myself. I know you guys have had in some regards. Yeah, we've walked through But, it. you know, church membership is something that's not bad. We can't just say it's bad. I, if, whether you sign a covenant on a seat of paper or you go in front of the church and they all affirm you and say, I... Church membership is church membership. Right. For Beth and I, when we join New Life, we are saying we are submitting ourselves to you as our pastor. And, Pat, and, and, and to Michael's credit, he knows that the way New Life's church structure is not how I would have structured it. Mm-hmm. But he flat out asked me, he said, are you willing? He actually said, and I praise him for this. He said, are you willing to submit to this is how this is how our church does it? He goes, there's other ways to do it. That's just how we do it. Are you willing to submit to just the structure? This is just what it is because you can't, this is, this, these are my words, not his. You can't be divisive in a church and mm-hmm. say, I don't agree. I'm going to join and then I'm going to fix it. Like, right. That's not what it's about. Yep. And so to his credit, he asked me that question. I said, yes. And I, and I told him, and I, sh- I shook his hand right the day before, like the, like I went to lunch with him that week, like the week before I joined, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to submit. Like you're my pastor. Well, and that you doesn't know? mean that they won't ever be open to suggestions, no. right? Because I know with me and Scott, like you guys have had some really we, good talks. We we've established a relationship after years and years and years, and he'll listen. Not that he'll agree, but I'll be like, yeah, you know, I see this, and and you know, maybe we could try this. And he's like, Man, that's a good thought. Maybe we could. But maybe maybe we won't. But well, he has to take the consideration of the whole body. And right. again, but you're submitting to Scott, but as and, your leader, and that's how I always follow it up. Is no matter what, Scott, me and my family are under your, like we submit to you and the, and the elders. Now, granted, like, okay, and, and in my case, I, I still love Scott and Laura to death. Sure. And he is, he is always Pastor Scott to me. He will always be one of my pastors. Sure. He was my boss. He was my leader. He's my pastor. He's a friend, coworker, whatever you want to say. But when I chose to step into new life, I'm submitting to the elders at new life. Right. Well, and Michael, I, and Michael's my pastor. And Scott said, hey, I'm transferring Exactly. So, so, so Scott's not my pastor anymore. Nope. But he still is Pastor Scott. I still have him in the utmost sure. respect. Right. Right. But if, I, don't, I don't know how to segue out of that. Yeah. But, but you're still submiss- submissive to Michael. 100%. Right. And that's and what I'm that, choosing. That's to. the body that you are in now. Correct. So, yeah. So, so we both Anyways. agree church membership's important. There's some red flags. It's a serious matter. And the grass is never greener on the other side. Usually the grass you is. You got to water it. Wait. The grass is usually greener over the septic tank. Actually, um, yeah, mine leaked out, and I had poop water everywhere, and that grass looked good. Really green. So needless <laughs> to say, crap can make grass grow. We're living proof of that with so this don't, podcast. Don't, don't, <laughs> well, no, my point was just because the grass is really green don't mean there ain't a bunch of crap underneath it. <laughs> the best way to make your grass green is use that fertilizer, which is poop. All right. Anyway, a church that has a lot of poop so you can grow. Is that, is that the no, that we're taking? No, out of this? that's not what I was trying to make by that statement at all. It was basically saying, hey, look, just because the gra- if the grass is green, there might be a lot of stupid, bad stuff underneath it. But, but, but for Toxic all of waste. us, we will say that church membership is essential. Yeah. When you join a church, understand you're making a commitment to that body. Right. That doesn't mean when if you don't like something, you just bounce. Nope. 
Like you are committing yourself to that body, to that to working local through those area. problems, to to doing everything. Like the that last you can. podcast episode, we yep. committed to each other, so we gonna work and grind it out, baby. You stuck so, with me, yeah, that's true, and you stuck with me. So, dang I, it! I, I mean, oh, I mean, let's just be honest. I kept I kept moving, following you. You moved to the west side. I moved to the west side. You moved to Osceola. I moved to Osceola. So there we go. We just moving. Kind I, of I don't through. know how else to land the plane. So should we just jump into fun let's facts? Let's just jump into the fun facts. Time for fun facts with February. <laughs> we probably just bored the snot out of people the last 10 minutes those those, <laughs> those ending transitions where we're like ah, i don't really know how to end the plane they're just terrible anyways the fun all fact right man let's end this episode the fun fact of the day is did you know the best place in the world to see rainbows is in hawaii yes if you uh, okay well then that's the end it's the aloha state baby <laughs> if you are an avid rainbow gazer and you want to get your fill of the beautiful phenomenon look no further than the state of hawaii a study published by the American Meteorological Society in 2021 noted that the area's mount quote mountains produced sharp gradients in the clouds and rainfalls, which are key to an abundant rainbows sighting. End quote. Air pollution, pollen, and large amount of cresting waves also helped to put Hawaii at the top of the list when it comes to rainbow quantity and quality. So it's not just the fact that Hawaii has a crap ton of rainbows. They got the best rainbows. The best. The best. They're the best around. Which, um, their license plate's a rainbow, right? Is it the Hawaii license plate a rainbow? I don't know. I don't know. I'll look it up while you tell me about YouTube. It won't really matter. But yeah, if you haven't already checked this out on YouTube, go to YouTube right now. Hit the subscribe button and the bell notification. <laughs> that way when we go live, you can join with us. Please, please, please don't forget to nice. Check out our community page on Facebook, Real Talk Christian Podcast Community. Uh, go there and join. We have a lot of good conversations. As a matter of fact, last week's episode was live on the Facebook community. We've gone live three weeks in a row at so this point. If you're on that, you've already previewed the episode from last week months ago. And if you skipped it, go back and just download it so we can get the stats. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Anyways, all oh, the things goodness. can be found at realtalkchristianpodcast.com. You can go there, hit the search button, search whatever topic you want, and we've got almost 200 episodes, or probably 200 episodes, We're worth of content. Uh, oh, we had over 200, just not numbers. Yeah, because of bonus. all the bonus. But yeah, you can go there, check it out. You can go ahead and email us at realtalkchristianpodcast at gmail.com. Reach out to us through text 574-400-5352 and all the other things. All the other things, including Instagram and Facebook and literally every social channel you can find besides, I guess, not Snap and not TikTok. But either way, it has been a great time hanging out with you guys. We love having these conversations. Let's keep the conversations going over in the Facebook group or on Instagram. Again, wherever you find your RTC community. We love you guys. And until next time, take it easy.